0: In any event, we have a wonderful conversation in the light of the political times in which we find ourselves, and governance times, and constitutional times. The conversation we have this evening with Kositoy Obri Dubane is reinforcing constitutional values in the sixth term we are running out of time this is based on his book of the same topic and we do want to tease one or two important conversations that he engages us in that book and of course we will continue with more stories after that at half past 22 i am a school fan taking on violence at schools a conversation with mr kolani the head is a secretariat at South African Democratic Teachers Union. Those are the two stories for this first hour. We'll continue with others in the new hour. But for now, Dadesa Dubane, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, that Dubane is a legal consultant at Dadesa Legal Consultancy and is with us this evening. Khosidoy, good evening, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much,
0: thank you, sir. Reinforcing constitutional values in the sixth term. What lessons, I suppose, Can we take from the first five administrations that we have to all together get rid of in this administration two years on under President Ramaphosa or use more especially now to pronounce ultimately service delivery and the good values of constitutionalism? Your thoughts, preliminary ones? Yep. Uh, Thank you
1: very much, Senghor. The... The title itself uh, it really speaks for itself that we need to reinforce constitutional values in the sixth term. And uh, we are using sixth term uh, really as the last measure towards uh, 2024, uh, when we, which when you look at it, you, you look at uh, uh, the lunar eclipse to say that 2024 marks the hour uh, 24, uh, which is uh, 12 o'clock midnight that um, we really need to try and sort things out. And of course, as you said, that um, we are reflecting on the years that we have already spent. And here and there, certainly, there have been some um, uh, mishaps that took place, improprieties that took place, mistakes that happened, omissions uh, that took place, and the actions that really led to us saying that our values have not been well enforced hence the need to to reinforce them in this particular regime
0: you certainly base the outline of your chapters on essentially the bill of rights with the listeners time as well i'm just going to go through what the 16 chapters are and i'm just going to literally focus on one or two that are important and probably essential for the times as we have them now Of course, the listeners at home are encouraged to not just listen, but especially to participate, please, on Johannesburg 714-2006. Of course, the WhatsApp voice facility is available on 0614-104-107. Chapter 1, professional ethics, overtaken by gross materialism, greed, quietism, and fear. When these settle in, state capture materializes. How relevant for these times. Chapter 2, a just public service. Chapter 3, efficient economic and effective use of resources. Four, do we have exemplary, sincere, and honest leadership? Chapter five, attentive cabinet. Chapter six, good governance and constitutionalism. Seven, let the people speak. Eight, justice delayed is justice denied. Nine, African and indigenous languages. Ten, land, especially important in the light of the developments around section 25 of the constitution. 10, that's chapter 10 of the book, Reinforcing Constitutional Values in the Sixth Term, focuses on restoring esteem of languages. And chapter 11, therefore, dovetails on that by saying all languages in schools. Whether or not that's practical is another matter altogether. 12, no religion is above the law. Chapter 13, the chapter 9, Institutions. Chapter 14, Human Rights and good Governance Commission. He will tell us more about all of these things. Chapter 15, Court on Human Rights and Good Governance. I think these are his suggestions in terms of realigning society in line with the constitutional dictates. 14, 15, and 16 are best gift to the people, appointment of unqualified people, or rather appointment of qualified people. Chapter 15, workplace journey and its challenges, first-hand experiences, of course, conclusion and recommendations. But I think if I may sum these themes up, there is definitely a theme as to the question of CADA deployment and how this in many respects affects issues of a just public service it affects efficient economic and effective use of resources when you talk about skills where they are most ex- i mean where, where they're most required and the type of leadership we have of course leadership is the president but there is so much space and room for leadership outside just the number one office and that speaks to an attentive cabinet at large and good governance and constitutionalism just around those themes the kind of leaders we have in society the persons who preside over precious state resources and who have to make these very difficult decisions at times with competing interests Mm -hmm. let's have a conversation about the hr aspects if you like of the government of south africa what are your thoughts on that
1: Yep, uh, the key thing, as yes, you've uh, already alluded to, the aspect of deployment, uh, uh, so is that uh, we really, really have a serious challenge in the country. When you look at uh, uh, the chapter 14, it talks about the best gift to the people. That is the chapter that really focuses on the HR aspect in the context that when we appoint our people, let's appoint fit and proper people who've got the requisite skills, the competency, and the know-how. Uh, So that at the end of the day, we are able to achieve all these particular aspects that you as well alluded to, issues of service delivery, issues of ensuring that we've got an effective and economic uh, use of our resources. So the aspect really of uh, the use and employment of people with relevant qualifications is very key in our audience of state, including as well as in um, uh, uh, public offices. Uh, public offices wherein we are referring to our uh, uh, mayors, we are referring to our uh, MECs, we are referring to our premiers and so forth, even including the ministers themselves, that these are the public office bearers. Do they have the requisite qualification to steer the ship uh, to the right direction? Do they have that particular know-how when it comes to their respective
0: portfolios? The question then is, let's assume the question is no, and I'm saying the the answer to that question is no for the sake of developing the argument or some of the obvious challenges where the answer to that question is in fact no. We've got some serious challenges, especially in local government, where probably one transacts with the state more than at any other level, being provincial or national. If the answer to that question that you pose is no, what is obvious is how do we remedy it? Where does the power lie to remedy that? What is the role for ordinary persons, persons who are tuning in here because this is a platform for public affairs? Presumably, I mean, there's an assumption that people who participate on SAFM are interested in the affairs of their country and don't want to relegate everything to their leaders because leaders are not always leaders or acting in the best interests of society. What case can then be made for the non-leaders within society to correct To the extent that the question that you ask its answer is no
1: yep i think uh, the the real way in order for us really to uh, come up with solutions to these particular issues is to have uh, the the public discourse engage on these particular matters at um, the the platforms relevant platforms as um, individual members uh, as communities we need to come together we need to solidify our positions and uh, start engaging accordingly. And, of course, uh, as we, uh, I spoke about the chapter on uh, let the people speak, uh, it is definitely uh, the power that the people have, which is really about uh, uh, the electoral system. That, uh, as can you hear the me? The electorate. Oh, i you okay,
0: Yeah, yeah, I can.
1: Oh, oh Okay. Yes, I was referring now to the electorate that we, as the people, have got the particular power to decide really as to who we wish to see in these particular positions of power, be it at the local, national, or provincial level. Now we are headed for the local yeah. elections in in October, November. It is really up to the people to decide accordingly. But uh, notwithstanding that, um, you know, we uh, always find ourselves um, with uh, a majority of the people in many respects uh, voting for a particular political party. In this instance, we are aware that the African National Congress has been really winning many of, um, of our elections. The question is, how do we hold them accountable? How do we demand transparency? Which institutions can we go to? We've got now the information regulator that deals with the question of uh, access to information and the protection of privacy aspects. So these are the particular platforms that uh, we really need to embark on so uh, to try and hold those in positions of power accountable.
0: I'm interested in those who are at home engaging this topic, reinforcing constitutional values, particularly looking at this administration under President Ramaphosa. What are are the themes that we can take from Uh, The first five administrations collectively under Mandela, Mbeki, uh, to a very limited extent, Motlante, and, of course, President Zuma. And in the latter day of that administration, um, Ramaphosa himself. What Uh, – and this is obviously not an opportunity to bash the establishment more than it is an opportunity to engage its work. And by that I also mean there are a lot of good things, presumably, that we can refer to that without which this country wouldn't be where it is Inasmuch as I dare say there have been many, many own goals scored, things that really shouldn't be happening, things that should not have happened, or things that simply cannot be justified on any given day as having been happened. So a diagnostic, if you like, so that we can reinforce constitutional values. Your thoughts at home are very important to us, and we'd welcome them. Please call 714-2006. Of course, the dialing code is Johannesburg. Moving on with my guest this evening, legal consultant at Sedubanez Legal Consultancy, Kossit Obri Sedupane. Obri, let's talk about justice. Let's talk about justice denied. Let's talk about the judiciary and the fact that just like Caesar's wife, they must be above suspicion. I get the sense we are going back to those times leading up to Bulugwane and immediately after Bulugwane, where there was this narrative, rightly or wrongly judges were counter-revolutionary. Okay, that is not the literature that's going out, or that's certainly not the literature that's being used now. The literature goes something along these lines. Pro-Ramaposa judges, judgments, anti-Zuma judgments, judges, and of course, it has to come from somewhere. Where do we go with this? How does it advance, or how does And I believe it doesn't advance anything at all more than it just brings more disrepute into the judiciary. What can we say about the judiciary and its perception in the public out there?
1: Yep, I think uh, the issue of politics, Sonja, as well the law, uh, it's really a matter of concern in the country. But the key question is really about drawing that line of dichotomy to say what issues are we dealing with at the table? Uh, If we are dealing with legal matters, we we are certainly dealing with legal matters. There are instances whereby we find our judiciary, in many instances, really being forced uh, to come into the arena through applications, of course, by individuals or Uh organizations, Uh uh, uh, applying to the courts to try and deal with uh, uh, internal matters in their own political parties. Uh, We we have seen the case, uh, for example, recently of uh, the suspended SG of of, of the African National Congress, that these are matters that are before them. But at the end of the day, the question is, are we applying the legal principles in a proper manner? Uh, Those are the key questions that we need to ask ourselves as a country, uh, so as to then finally come to a conclusion as to whether really our judiciary uh, is standing the test of time. Are they applying the constitution uh, at the level at which we expect them really to apply it without bias and favoritism?
0: We're taking calls. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Twenty twenty-six. Please call now because there will not be time in the next say five to ten minutes. Because we are looking to wrap this conversation as we move on to another story which should prove just as worthy of having taking on violence at schools. That will have the Secretary General of Saito Kolani Faguda on the line. Let's go to Mkuseli in Uppington. I understand he is a first time caller. Thank you so much for calling Mkuseli. Good evening. <laughs> Kuseli. Good evening, yes, sir. Mkuzele, please speak.
2: Uh, uh, good evening, and and uh, the rest of your listeners. Um, let's 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 go let let's go back slightly. I I just have one or two sentences I want to give. Mm. Um, our our constitution is hailed as one of the most progressive constitutions. How, however, in that. Being very progressive, there is very little power to, to to the people, to the majority. However, when leadership speaks, they would always tell you that power resides in the people. And the people really don't have much power. One of the things we don't have, other than uh, 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 voting every now and then, five years There is elections. But other than that, we don't have power. And if if we're serious about the future of this country, we need to find a way of cooperating uh, active citizenry and the politicians or political power, whichever way you look at it. And I am of the view that we need to educate our people and and if we have constitutional uh, changes we want to make and that we need to argue towards uh, we're not going to get them easily because some people or a section of our of of, of our citizens are benefiting from how the constitution looks out now and it, it will be very difficult to change that unless we educate our citizens and our citizens begin to fight for what is theirs and that is where 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 the trick is all developing countries you have a a system that works your your citizens and 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 political power or the executives they work hand in hand then we would be able to take it forward until we do that uh we we're not going to win much of this battle
0: fantastic thank you so much for your thoughts. Much appreciated. Mkuseli in Uppington in KZN. Across the country, we go to Anonymous. Anonymous, good evening.
3: Good evening to you, Sangheza, and your guests as well. I just want to say, you know, you have SABC Independent, and all of you are independent of uh, the transactions that take place in this country. You are not affiliated to any political parties, right? So why don't we have the courts to be totally independent and not affiliated to anyone, uh, even uh, because you'll find the magistrates uh, and you'll find um, attorneys, uh, p- private attorneys, uh, are also uh, sitting on the board. They're sitting in the magistrate's court, like, you know, attending to uh, uh, the cases that happen. You know, what do you call them? What's uh, the case? As long as you in it? You know, the, when you go and lay a uh, report about, uh, when you require a certain amount, what do you call that that particular? Okay, just it's off my mind now when I get it, to come back to you. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, if you make the courts totally independent, not affiliated to every private attorney and not affiliated, and private attorneys, as I said, are sitting on the bench as well uh, for certain, uh, certain court cases, and uh, they will look after the client's interest because the client pays them fancy amount of salary. So that's why we won't have justice in the courts. And, and the prosecutors look after the interests of the police, and that the police will look after the interests of the prosecutor, so we're never going to have justice. So we can only have justice if it is totally private and um, like SABC is. So we will have a proper, uh, proper, uh, uh, you know, uh, quotas with members that um, uh, have equality <laughs> for all.
0: Thank you, Anonymous. I'm a little concerned about some of those suggestions, um, but I'll let you go first, uh, Dr. Khosi Toy. Respond to Anonymous and thereafter, Mkuseli, please.
1: Yep, maybe let me start with Mkuseli because here and there I don't know what was, uh, yeah. Uh, I I think he's very right, uh, the first caller, Mkuseli, is very correct um, that uh, at the end of the day, the key thing is really around education. Um, You know, there's a saying that uh, uh, knowledge is the true origin of sight and not the eye. The moment uh, people are really well educated about the constitution, that is the only time that they will be able to hold government accountable because the key things uh, that uh, that matter most are really contained in the constitution. For argument's sake, uh, just talking about Section 25 of the constitution, You know, I always uh, make an example and say that um, uh, people got so animated uh, when uh, uh, Parliament suggested, National Assembly suggested that no, there should be an amendment of section 25. People got excited mainly because they do not know the entailment of this particular provision. If they knew, they would have long held the state accountable to say, why have you failed to pass? Particular legislation that would enable you uh, to reform the aspect of land. So these are the issues uh, that we really need to address specifically around uh, the question of education. So the, 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 the uh, second um, uh, person really, I did not get much of uh, of her input uh, into this uh, particular debate
0: very well um i i think i do want to just confirm that the independence of the judicial system is in many respects guaranteed not least because the laws of natural justice apply and if anybody is of the view for whatever reason that whoever presides over a case has actual bias or there's a strong perception of potential bias the institution of recusal does exist, and, and I, I just got the yeah. sense that from Anonymous there was perhaps a misunderstanding of how the, judi- the judicial system actually works. It's absolutely <laughs> impossible to draw neutral people for, or other people from neutral spaces, but the fact that they go to the judiciary, they then have to become, if you will, neutral role players in the dispensing of justice. Attorneys ultimately do become judges, as do advocates. And for so long as they are attorneys and advocates, they are acting in private capacity out there for only the interests of the clients. Of course, they are officers of the peace and justices of the peace, if you like, extensions of the law, but they have a very private interest. Once they assume the position of benches, if you like, then they jettison with that. And if ever it is proven that there was some element of bias, there are enough checks and balances, I believe, in the judicial system to be able to away with that at least certainly more and more Colin in Cape Town is our caller good evening Colin
2: good evening Saint-Gazzo. long time no year we'll it's been too to long you.
0: it's been too long uncle your thoughts you? I'm welcome <laughs> mm.
2: there is nothing wrong with our courts it's the people sitting on behind those benches that's in the court. they are the problems now do you know I was so surprised to hear that um, poachers last week on your radio station uh, in the Kruger National Park. Uh, it happened two, three years ago. They got 30 and 35 years. That was an example made because they were caught, they were uh, caught poaching, and six rhinos were killed. They got 30 and 35 years. Now you go to another court and you get 10 years for rape or murder. You go to another court, you get six years. Go and so and so and so. It's our, it's our justice system. It's, it's the people sitting with a,
0: uh,
2: I was almost going to say wigs or whatever they're sitting with. They are the ones who sum up a sentence. Court is pathetic. Not the courts, the rooms. It's the people sitting in our courts. Now you take the constitutional court. The IEC went against them today. And they're opening up this and that for re-elections and... It's it's, it's the people sitting and the people that is disobeying our courts.
0: I'm interested in your response there, Aubrey, because courts actually, I mean, you can't say there's nothing wrong with the courts and say that the people are the problem because people are courts. No institution is an inanimate being. Your thoughts, Aubrey?
1: Yep, I think uh, what we need to understand is that uh, the law is really a, a jurisprudential process. Uh, we, 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 we do have uh, determinations made by uh, legislation, uh, various legislation on uh, different kinds of, uh, of um, the, the penalties that it can be imposed on persons criminally. Uh, we know, we, we, we look into what um, the, our laws provide for. Uh, there might be a, a particular offense falling under a particular schedule, and therefore there are determinations made out there by the law to say that if you commit this kind of a crime, be it poaching, be it um, a murder or, or rape, uh, there are those uh, particular um, uh, 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 penalties that have been set by 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 the law. So arguments say uh, yes and that are determined by the law to say if you rape, uh, statistically, you will have uh, uh, to be uh, following a kind of of, of a sentence would would have to be imposed on this particular person if you are dealing with statutory rape. Uh, this is the kind of uh, uh, a sentence that will be imposed. Uh, but generally, the judiciary, the, our judges, our magistrate, magistrates, do apply their own discretion, of course, working within uh, the legal framework, but they do apply their own discretion given uh, the different nature of cases because each and every case is determined based on its own merits.
0: Let's finally go to good governance, the restoration of the rule of law, and in line with justice delayed is justice denied. How do we move from where we are now, wherever we are, be it the parole of the former president, which many people have cited as always going to happen, resembling much of what we saw in Shabir Sheikh and Jackie Selebi and many others before them. It is an institution that does exist but many people are losing confidence by virtue of that. The fact that we are in the troubled times we are insofar as it relates to the IEC and it not being ready, and I have my own personal views, but nonetheless, the IEC was ready, is ready now, wasn't ready before for going to election or wanted to postpone and the troubles, if you like, of the litigations before the Constitutional Court, I say nothing about the judges or the institution itself, but the fact that the Constitutional Court is as busy as it is, it is a signal that all is not well in society, and all of this has to somehow be restored in our society's faith, in the rule of law, in justice being seen to be done more than it just being done without it being seen to be done. How do we move to those ideals? of the rule of law and good governance and franchise from the people in their systems?
1: Yeah, uh, The a key issue around uh, uh, our judiciary and people always uh, approaching the judiciary to assist in the application, interpretation, and limitation of uh, our constitutional framework in general, it, it's really a test democracy. Uh, This is the only way that we can test our democracy and it is very pertinent that uh, we use our judiciary in that particular line uh, because uh, we we, we would all know at the end of the day that uh, we've got uh, our audience of state, which include parliament, the executive and everyone, with the exception of the judiciary. And there's a reason behind that. Uh, It's mainly because the judiciary is seen and it ought to uh, to be uh, as independent as possible. And when it comes to the uh, question of the rule of law, that is one of our uh, uh, constitutional values, and uh, that we need to strive to ensure that each and every person uh, adheres and abides by the laws of the country, regardless of their position. The law has to apply equally uh, before the people, uh, and uh, between and amongst each and every uh, uh, individual or groups. So what we need to see at the end of the day is to have this particular uh, judiciary itself help us to enforce uh, uh, the rule of law. And uh, we have seen now with, um, as, as you made an example with to President Chekhan uh, Soba, that uh, He was ultimately subjected to incarceration, uh, mainly because of this particular question of the rule of law, that uh, we do not want to see ourselves uh, flouting this particular value, which is very critical. And we take it back to the principle of constitutionalism, which says that uh, the law applies equally to all the people through good governance in a very uh, manner that is not arbitrary, so the aspect of public participation when it comes to good governance, when it comes to constitutionalism, is once more very pertinent.
0: Sure. Let's Where take one more happen? call. I beg yeah. your pardon. Le- le- let's just, on that pertinent yeah. question, go to Willie in Christiana. Willie, good evening.
2: Uh, good evening, uh, uh, from the... Look, from the... This uh, so-called data uh, is it, deterioration, is it, is it a worldwide uh, a phenomenal... Or, uh, or, or it depends upon a, a political party to say we practice this, this, this KEDA and this government. Particularly, it becomes an other clause in our necks when coming to the local government.
1: Thank you for this.
0: Final comment in response to that, um Aubrey?
1: Yep, I, 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 the... A good example is what we have seen of late uh, in the Northwest. Uh, There were those submissions uh, with regards to the removal of um, Premier uh, Mokoro, wherein there were those allegations uh, that uh, uh, Premier Mokoro did not toe the line, he did not implement uh, the resolutions of the party. That is where the problem lies in this uh, uh, particular country wherein we know that, yes, people are appointed uh, by their parties and thus uh, ultimately elected by the people to their positions. Uh, But at the end of the day, we should be able to draw that particular line once more to say, are we acting in line with our own uh, party constitution or are we acting in line with the constitution of the republic? So that uh, when you occupy a position of a premier, you are able now to draw that line because you take an oath based on the and using our uh, our, cons- our national constitution, and therefore we need therefore to adhere to those particular values and principles as well as imperatives.
0: Wonderful. Tell us more about the book where it can be found for those who are interested in the title. Reinforcing constitutional values in the sixth term. We are running out of time. By Aubrey Sedoupan.
1: Yeah, Currently, uh, people can uh, uh, visit at uh, www.sedupanelegal.co.uk and uh, the entire information is on the website.
0: Fantastic. Much appreciated to you, Ndade obri Sedupane, author of Reinforcing Constitutional Values in the Sixth Term. We are running out of time. His thoughts about some of the things in this administration we can learn from the previous five or things from the previous five we can certainly work with in this administration 2045.